From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And joining me today is Jim Saxa, who covers banking and financial issues for CQ, to talk about the financial services spending bill that passed the House last week after lawmakers wrestled with some hot-button issues that included Iran sanctions, abortion funding, and, of course, the border wall. Thanks for being here, Jim. Thanks for having me. So last week, the House passed its financial services bill for the coming fiscal year. It funds the Treasury, the IRS, and related agencies. But Republicans scored a procedural power play against the Democratic majority to win a last-minute amendment to the bill just as tensions with Iran have been heating up. Jim, what were they able to do? Yeah, they were able to get an extra $10 million to the Treasury's uh, Treasury Department's Office of Terrorism. Mm-hmm. And that is going to go towards helping uh, Treasury uh, enforce the sanctions against Iran right now. Um, they were able to peel off 37 Democratic votes uh, and through the motion to recommit uh, that they sprung on the Democrats. It's a procedural know. move to there you go. amend the bill. Yeah, exactly. Um, without any uh, real advance warning on what uh, the amendment's going to be um, about. Um, and Which you don't often see. That was a rare a rare event. Yeah, but, you know, it's something where you're— But it does have bipartisan support. It has bipartisan support because it's not a ton of money, right? It's $10 million right. out of a $168 million budget for this office. Uh, and it's also going towards a thing that I think a lot of people— especially in the sort of uh, moderate districts that the Democrats come from uh, are concerned about when that is Iran and the tensions there. And yeah, because we should say this came just after the Iran shot down a U.S. drone. Uh, there's a dispute over where the drone was, but they had just shot it down and, and the Trump administration was imposing more sanctions. So obviously there was a concern there wasn't enough money in the Treasury to actually uh, enforce these sanctions. Yeah. Okay. And who engineered this uh, amendment? Oh, that all came from uh, Tom Graves. He's um, the Republican ranking member on the subcommittee, the appropriations subcommittee that oversees financial services and general government. Right. Republican from Georgia. I think we have a little bit of, of Tom Graves speaking to this issue. Let's play that a minute. This MTR focuses on one major bipartisan issue, Mr. Speaker, keeping us out of war and enforcing sanctions. Sanctions against Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Russia, and others who seek to harm our nation. Okay, and that was just wasn't the only hot button issue that this bill uh, contained because uh, it also funds the District of Columbia's uh, federal payments. What are the issues in that in that portion of the bill? Yeah, because there's a lot. Yeah, there there are a lot. Um, This is sort of like the leftover bill. I I feel like uh, because you have the financial services and then everything else. Uh, and one of those everything else things is the District of Columbia's uh, congressional appropriations, right? And in years where the Republican Party uh, controls the House, uh, controls the Senate right. now, they tend to lard that up with a bunch of policy riders that really restrict uh, the cities, the District of Columbia's local government on what they can do in terms of social policy. So in years past, there have been... Uh, bans on the District of Columbia uh, using its own funds to uh, fund abortion. There have been uh, uh, things to prevent the District of Columbia from legalizing weed. Um, There 
were efforts uh, from Republicans through amendments this year that were blocked by Democrats to prevent uh, legalizing prostitution. And in the past, there have been uh, policy writers that have blocked uh, physician-assisted suicide. And so there are a bunch of these really hot-button social issues that Democrats basically stripped out uh, all the prohibitions and are going to let the, the locally elected officials of the District of Columbia decide their own policy issues. And that's a turnaround we're seeing this year because, of course, Democrats now control yeah. the House and they hadn't had it in, in previous years. Exactly. So at the committee markup, uh, Graves actually touched upon this. But I'm also deeply concerned that it would provide the District of Columbia with just a blank check without any oversight. And after that, I actually talked to uh, Eleanor Holmes Norton, uh, who, you know, is the, the D.C. delegate. Exactly. And Democrat. She laughed when she when when I asked about that. And uh, what she said was he's giving us back the checkbook that they shouldn't have had in the first place. So I thought that was a, kind mm -hmm. of a fun little exchange. And, of course, that's coming from the you know, perennial debate about whether or not D.C. should have statehood. And that's something that, you know, Holmes Norton has been pushing for the entirety of her career. Right. Which is another whole subject. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the other big sticking point in this bill, Jim, is, is the border wall. Ex explain how this bill relates to the, the fight over the border wall. Well, it seems like the border wall fight uh, infects everything in D.C. these days, right? Yeah. But, uh uh, this particularly, the Democrats added a policy rider early on that will pro prohibit um, Treasury funds, uh, specifically the forfeiture fund, from being used to uh, pay for any border uh, wall at the southern border. Right, because President Trump had announced plans to divert some of the Treasury funding to, the, to his border wall uh, when he didn't get all the money he wanted directly for it from Congress. And so now Democrats in charge here are trying to take that back and say, no, you can't divert the money. Exactly. I think Democrats are pretty systemically trying to explicitly prevent, whenever they can, funds from being diverted towards that. Which is sure to become an issue in this uh, in conference with the Republican-controlled Senate. Yeah, we might have a, once again, another repeat of what we had this past year in the 35-day partial shutdown. And just remind us, what's the overall size of this bill? How does it compare to the current year? Uh, it's $24.5 billion, uh, which is a little bit more than the previous year. Uh, I think it's 8% increase. A large chunk of that uh, is coming, uh, going towards the IRS. They got $700 million more. Um, and that's a pretty big chunk, uh, especially considering for about a decade they had their budget frozen uh, for a while, in large part because... Republicans were pretty upset at the IRS over uh, some of the um, you know, alleged targeting of these conservative there you groups. Go, exactly. That, yeah. Thank you. And so the, it sounds like that that's been healing now, and they're they're on better terms. I think that's been healing, and just a recognition. Uh, a large chunk of the increase is just going towards the computer systems there, which are apparently some of the oldest in in the U.S. government. Yeah. So they need an upgrade. Yeah, they they desperately need an upgrade. But of course. Uh, this bill, it assumes higher spending levels than current law allows under a deficit reduction law from 2011 that's still in effect. And there's still no, no bipartisan deal to raise those spending limits, right? So until there is, all of these, all of these House bills that keep getting passed uh, may not have a bright future. Yeah, I guess they're just really strong uh, negotiating starting points, I guess, is what Democrats would want to say. 
And we should say, now that the financial services bill is under its belt, the House has now completed work on 10 of its 12 annual spending bills. That means, though, that House leaders came up short in their goal of passing all 12 by the end of June. That was part of an effort to avoid another government shutdown this fall when the new fiscal year begins. And there are two House bills that have been held up now. One is the legislative branch bill, which funds Congress and related legislative agencies. That's normally an easy bill to pass, but this year's measure was hung up over whether to allow lawmakers to get a pay raise for the first time in a decade. And there's still no resolution to that dispute. And then, of course, the House also needs to take up its most controversial bill of the year, which funds the Homeland Security Department. And that, of course, will trigger another battle over whether to fund a wall on the Mexican border. And that same border wall fight last year led to a 35-day partial government shutdown that ended only this January. So we'll keep our eye on those two bills when Congress reconvenes next week. And CQ will be covering it all for you, as always. Uh, So that does it for us today, though. If you have any comments or questions about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email note, cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. My thanks again to Jim Saxa, our banking and financial services reporter, for joining me. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. See you next week.